And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, we're here to talk about your post-trade deadline Toronto Blue Jays. We do this show twice a week. You heard, even just yesterday, Caitlin McGrath stepping into the host chair as I was unavailable, joined by Josh Goldberg talking about the Blue Jays trade deadline. And now today, me and former Blue Jays all-star Ricky Romero are going to talk about more than just that. We'll talk about that and more and beyond. But I can't go on without bringing in the co-host today, Ricky Romero. Ricky, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Um, Ready to get this show rolling. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that we need to touch on. A busy, busy week, but uh, looking forward to today's show, the moves, all that good stuff. I'm excited for today's show, too, not just because we can talk about all the different places you can get a good veggie burger in and around the greater Toronto area, but we'll save that maybe for the end, maybe for next week's show. This week, we're going <laughs> to talk about like a close look at some of the guys that the Blue Jays got, maybe some impressions of the deadline. And I think what, what the big thing that you and I can do is kind of take a quick look around at what some of the other teams did, and then maybe what that says about the Blue Jays' uh, uh, deadline, and also I think what it says about how the fans are sort of reacting to it. The number one thing I also want to say is, of course, as, as I mentioned, we do this show twice a week. Subscribe. Do it. Do it there. And subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash spinrate. Get a tidy discount. You can read everything that Caitlin has written about the about the, the trade deadline. Read about all of the talent evaluators. You said about some of the young guys moving here, there, and everywhere. You know, what is what does Jordan Groshen's pro, uh, look like moving forward now as he's a member of the Miami Marlins? But let's start with your impressions, I guess, Ricky. I'll ask you, what do you think about the Blue Jays? trade deadline did they do enough i i feel like that's the million million dollar question right now and everyone's like did they do enough did they did they get better and to me i think the biggest thing drew is i don't think it was an easy deadline to acquire guys um i feel like guys were overpriced we saw lots of guys that we thought were going to get traded that didn't get traded and you have to sit here and wonder and say was Wilson Contreras, Ian Happ, were they were they overpriced at a high high price that teams weren't weren't willing to meet that price? We saw Luis Castillo get traded to the Seattle Mariners, and we saw the price that the Mariners paid to get him. So I just feel like the Blue Jays did the work. Now, did they go and acquire guys probably that they wanted? Probably not. But I don't think they're to blame for not making big deals because again. It was a tough market, and did they get a couple of relievers that are going to help them? Yeah, we we wanted relievers that can help, right? But everyone wants the big name. Everyone wants the big splash. Everyone wants the Juan Soto. I think we all got hyped up on Juan Soto and Otani and, and all that stuff. So everyone was, like, excited. Oh, who are they going to bring in? Who are they going to bring in? And then when it doesn't happen, obviously people are like, what the hell? Like, why, why didn't we get better? But – I think that the moves that they made are going to help them. The Blue Jays are still a good team. That's what people forget. They're still a good team. On paper, their lineup is still freaking stacked. 
We've always said this from the first show we started doing this. It's going to be come down to their pitching, their starting pitching. And would, would we have liked to see a big-name starter? Yeah, of course. Who doesn't? But I think the guys that they got are solid additions that are going to definitely help this team moving forward. I, I very much agree. I think that the moves that they made were smart. They were maybe a little bit shrewd uh, in, in a way that is undisappointing because we spoke about it. I spoke about it with Caitlin. I know I've spoken about it with you as well, that for the most part, the Blue Jays bullpen has been built sort of on the cheap. You know, I mean, not on the cheap, but just smart additions, good guys, guys that come out, come in and get outs. But we had said this was the time to kind of really go out there and and make and pay the price to get a high impact difference maker back there. But I guess the the concern is that like none of those guys really moved, right? Right. Rysel Iglesias was sort of like the biggest one to go. I was a little bit surprised even to see him him move. He just signed that deal, right? And now the Angels are are shipping him out. That. You know, I feel for the the player in that case. He kind of, you know, guy kind of made a commitment to the organization and signed this deal. But I think that that the prices, as you said, were so high. I mean, there was the talk that's come out today that the Dodgers and Marlins have been talking about Pablo Lopez, and the apparently the deal was Gavin Lux, and then they wanted three more prospects on top of that. Like that's a pretty huge, big price to pay. <laughs> and some folks, if you look at depending on how you look at it, equating. Uh, Lux to like Kirk in terms of like future value and, and the ability to play like that's a that's a huge price to pay and 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 as you mentioned Luis Castillo uh, that was a huge package and the Blue Jays were in a tough spot also because they have a few like high end guys in terms of their prospects guys that have really bright futures guys that are closer to the big leagues um, in terms of uh, uh, Zulueta and Tiedelman and and Gabby Moreno in particular but like are you going to use those guys to get non elite returns like exactly. if we're talking Juan Soto and Otani yeah you can have them all take yeah. them all well there was a great <laughs> the great quote from from yesterday that was in Shai Davidi's piece that I guess was later attributed to Teo to Oscar Hernandez he was like in the clubhouse screwing around being like everybody you know show me <laughs> the to the Blue Jays everybody here's going to the Angels like yeah because that, that, that's what it was going to take and I, well, at some point I would have been okay with that but and, and it's and it's funny because I I've been going at it with people on social media not in a bad way but just fun fun banter and that's why I tweeted I was like all right Twitter GMs who are you willing to give up? And most of the responses were like, "Well, not uh, you can't touch uh, Ricky Tiedemann and uh, and and Gabriel Moreno." And I'm like, "Well, shit! Who do you want to get? Who do yeah. you want to get? Like you, you get you, what you, you get what they ended up with." Yeah, you can't you can't be oh because we because we're so in love with Gabriel Moreno and Ricky Tiedemann has you no know, been a, been a is blossoming into this young stud that's probably going to pitch in the big leagues sooner than later. You can't just say like, oh, we're not going to give away these two guys. Well, what if your system is not as as stacked as you think it is? Like you can't you can't just say we're not going to give up these guys. That's why fans sometimes don't understand the process of it. Like now, if they're giving up Gabriel Moreno and they're getting, you know, like you said, Juan Soto or Otani. Now you're like, okay, like that's fine. But Mm -hmm. you're not going to give up a Gabriel Moreno for, let's say, uh, Gregory Soto. Like it's just not going to happen because it's it's just – it's just and people mm-hmm. people get so caught up in the whole like, well, you can't take away these guys because these are our prospects. Well, shit, if you're not going to give away those guys, other teams are not going to want to make deals with you. And 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 I think that's that's the biggest thing. Like, I know the, I know for a fact the Blue Jays tried hard to make deals and it just didn't happen. And and people forget there's also other teams around the league that are trying to make deals. There's also teams around the league that have 
higher tier prospects. Yes, Gabriel Moreno is the number one prospect in baseball. But what if other teams didn't value Gabriel Moreno as high as as high as we do? Like there's so many questions around so much stuff that can happen behind closed doors that we'll never know the answers to. But at the same time, the Blue Jays did what what they, you know, the best they could. And and you and you gotta just live with that. They they did make some key additions, I think, in terms of guys that are gonna help them win games between now and October. And the other piece of that, too, it's something that I'm kind of, this is my the horse that I'm riding right now, which is that playoff bullpens and regular season bullpens aren't the same. And you don't have to build the perfect bullpen in, in July and have it be the same bullpen, the same group of guys that you've got come October. You just have to look at, at very recent history in terms of what teams' bullpens actually look like. When you've got Chris Sale closing, uh, locking down game seven or game six or seven of the World Series, you've got Jose uh, Urias, who's been uh, used almost exclusively as a reliever by the Dodgers over the years in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but a guy who starts, you know, other than his second year in the big leagues, he's been a starter every single year. Uh, Patrick Corbin, who started some, or made some huge relief appearances for, uh, Washington in 2019. Like that's, you get to a shorten your pen. You get to add the a guy like, which is something you and I have talked about many, many times. We talked about that maybe as an option for someone like Noah Syndergaard. You know, you say Kikuchi as a, as a, is kind of like the prime candidate just sitting there. If they can get him right, if they can get him throwing strikes, they want him to go in and get six, maybe nine outs at some point in a playoff game. You could ask Kikuchi to do that and you'd feel good about it. I think he might, he, he might be out closing games. We never know. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's just, he, he's he's like Andrew Miller. He's like Japanese Andrew Miller, just waiting to happen. He's uh, our Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, but the, but uh, you're, no you're go right. ahead. No, you're right. You're right. The the bullpens in the in 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 the playoffs look completely different. And and you you're you're not gonna ride five starters. That's for sure. You know when mm-hmm. when it comes to to starting pitchers, you're gonna run three, maybe four guys. And right now, if you look at the Blue Jays, the top three starters in Gosman, Manoa, and Barrios, and Barrios has gotten on a good roll lately. If you get those three guys in a best out of seven and they're dealing, man, I mean, that, that, that's all you need. Again, that fourth starter, maybe, but the, the, you're right. The bullpens do look completely different in October. And it's, and as much as you want to add velocity and this and that shit, at the end of the day, get outs. That's all I care about. You're not as worried about process when it's when you are very much in the results season, which is what happens at the in October. Now that said, they did make some nice additions, and I think that the lack of name thing is something I'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. Let's start with like Anthony Bass and Zach Pop in particular. Anthony Bass, of course, was a non you know minor league contract, non roster invitee with the Blue Jays back in 2020. Who 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 had a, a very solid and easy, very respectable year was able to turn that into a into a multi year or year in, a, in an option deal with the Marlins and then here in 2022 he's been unreal he's been so good throwing hard getting out throwing his slider a ton uh, while again he's not a big sexy name he's not Soto or Jimenez from from Detroit he does the things that everybody has asked the Blue Jays to do and slots in there. With Tim Meza, with uh, Jimmy Garcia, with uh, all, all of the sort of eighth inning, sort of seventh inning guys, high leverage guys, he's just another one that's in there and 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 a huge addition. Whereas also uh, Zach Pop, who's from Brampton, of all fucking places, 
a guy who doesn't have a ton of swing and miss this year, but a guy who's been really good about getting outs, guys who gets a ton of ground ball, a guy similar to Adam Simber in some ways who can just absolutely add to the number of options back there, add to the number of options. So you're not asking the same guy to go back to back days. You're not putting the pressure on the same pitchers all the time as players like Trevor Richards sort of figure things out as maybe Julian Merriweather makes his way back um, um, from injury. You don't have to rely on those guys because now you've just added some good relief options who can help the team right now. I'm less concerned with you know, the, it's cool that Zach Pop is that would, wouldn't be a free agent for however, however many years, but he makes this team in 2022 better, but not as much as Anthony Bass. I think makes it better. Yeah, and I, I like the Anthony Bass move again. You, you since when is a one ERA, one point four ERA a bad thing, right? I mean, yeah. especially out mm-hmm. of the bullpen, and and you look at his numbers, and he has been super successful. And when you bring in a guy like that, a guy that's familiar with the organization too. I think that makes it even better. He he's able to settle in fine. He knows some of the guys, and it's not you're like you're coming in and you're trying to impress everyone. Because sometimes I feel like that happens in trades. You get a big name guy, and all of a sudden you feel the pre- there's there's a different pressure because they brought you in to be the guy. Anthony Bass can just come in, and 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 Zach Pop can just come in, and go into that bullpen. Boom, let's go, let's go out and get outs, and 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 there's that uh, again. I'm I'm totally cool with those names and 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 those players coming in and, and help the the bullpen. We wanted help with the bullpen. You have two guys, again, not the big name guys that that everyone wanted, but sometimes mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. There's a reason why those big name guys didn't get traded. Shit, we saw what Robertson, how much it costs for for uh, the uh, the Phillies to to get him too. A guy that's mm-hmm. you know pretty high up there in age. A guy that anybody could have had this offseason. And they t- they turned them into like a couple prospects, and the the number of, I, the one last thing uh, on that is the number of guys that weren't traded really speaks to a I think the caliber of players who are out there uh, and 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 affordable or or acquirable you know the fact that Carlos Rodon didn't get traded his yeah. his his contract situation is it made it really tricky I think for the Giants in terms of he's got this option next year or the opt out next year that he's he's already he's already triggered the option by with his appearances but if he if he suddenly gets hurt then he's obviously he's going to take you know activate that option for sure so now you've got a, an injured player as opposed to you trade for him and then he does opt out and now he's gone so it, there are a lot of different oh going off uh there are a lot of mitigating factors that led to a lot of good players a lot of the names bandied about not being moved and and so i think the blue jays did well enough to address those those needs in a way that was reflective of what they had to offer as well as what was out there again it would have been great if they could uh, if they could have acquired gregory soto or, or or Joe Jimenez, but because, I think those the prices were probably going to be a lot higher than the Blue Jays, and and the Blue Jays maybe just didn't have the pieces to line up on a move like that. Because that you, you see people asking like, oh, how come they didn't go and get Josh Hader? And I'm like, well, did you see what mm-hmm. <laughs> the Padres had to give up to get Josh mm-hmm. Hader? They gave up their closer in Taylor Rogers. They mm-hmm. gave up their closer, closer for closer. So you're telling me if you want Josh Hader, you would have to given up, you know, maybe Jordan Romano. Would you be okay with that? Of course not. So just fans out there just think like a little bit like just read the room read read what's around and what's going on like it's not that easy to just say oh yeah mm-hmm. josh it's, it seems like josh Hader didn't cost very much damn right he cost a lot <laughs> 
I think it's it, the one thing I said, I said this on Twitter too. And, and, and it's, it's, it's important for, for me to remind myself because I'm guilty of it as I, I'm part of it as well, that the trade deadline is such a huge part of the fan experience in these days, getting excited for trades, getting excited for the winter meetings and stuff. That's a big part of what being a fan is in 2022. You follow along breathlessly. You get, you got alerts available for every Jeff passing tweet, you know, whatever Buster only all the kind of news breakers, the Ken Rosenthal of the athletic, of course, first and foremost, but like those are the guys that, that it just makes for a big part of the fan experience. So when they don't, when, when the blue Jays or any team doesn't acquire names that are, that excite you, I get why there's that letdown. I get why there's that disappointment. And it's not, it's not fans job to be rational, right? Fans are fans. It's our fans yeah, job to be a fan course, and to be crazy course. and to be diehard. But it, it is important here, especially in the sober light of day to, to maybe just spend some time sort of digesting and understanding what were the barriers from the, for the Blue Jays making the deal that seemed too good to be true or seemed to, that, that was right out there for them. And the fact that so many of these deals didn't get made, I think uh, uh, while I think so many of the deals didn't get made because of the way that 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 teams value their own prospects. But I also think it's a it's a bit different in that there's more information out there. So other teams don't value your maybe let's say like lower tier prospects as high as maybe they would have before. Exactly. Right? I think the, like there's so much information out there and people have such good uh, idea of who somebody is. You can't maybe for lack of a better word, trick someone like, oh, we moved this guy up to double A and look, he was getting like, uh, I'll use an example of Jeff Hoffman, right? When the Blue Jays traded Jeff Hoffman in 2015, there was a little bit of doubt and skepticism about him, but the Blue Jays were really aggressive and pushing him through their system. So they were able to show him like, look, he's in double A getting outs, right? Maybe he, maybe he would have been, he would have benefited from a bit longer time in high A at the time, but by moving him aggressively, it helps to kind of like frame what he can do. But as you know, even now, just seven years later, there's so much more information, different when people just value other teams prospects that little bit differently. I think that drew, and let's not forget the blue Jays have a couple of prospects and you've mentioned one of them that can come in and help in September. So this bullpen might look a little different if this guy comes up and he's throwing 99, a hundred in mm-hmm. Susueta, I believe. Um, and, and we, we've talked about him in the past saying like, this guy is going to be a dude in September. And, you know, we saw it with like a guy last year in uh, Duvall with the giants. Obviously he's not having a good year this year or he's having so, so year, but last year he came in and he blew the, tires out of everyone he was just blowing smoke guys come in and and again the jays have a plan they they're they're not they're, they know what what they have in their system and a guy like him that we've that we've seen him have success obviously at the futures game he could be a guy that comes in and and, and maybe you know adds a little bit of flavor to this to this bullpen too and a guy as you said before doesn't have to come in and be the guy doesn't mm-hmm. have to come in and lock down the ninth inning. Doesn't have to come in and lock down the eighth inning. Just be another option. When does it make sense to use this guy? We got someone who throws really hard. We need a strikeout. Or we're even just bringing them along slowly. Oh, we've got the bottom of an order with a bunch of guys that haven't shown a lot of success against high end of velocity. And he comes, right? Those are three outs that we don't need to get from somebody else. We can, we can continue to mix and match and find spots for, our, for the rest of our guys. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Now let's talk a little bit about Mitch White. We haven't spoken about him too much lately. Right now, everyone's focused on the fact that he's Ross Stripling Jr. You know, come in, doesn't, there's nothing that explodes off the page for you in terms of what he is and what he can, what he can do. But there's a lot to like about Mitch White on, on, in addition to what he can help the team with right now. Of course, right now he is in, in the minor leagues. He, the Blue Jays optioned him, although he was already on an option with the, with the Dodgers. So they don't burn any of those options or, or, you know, if you're into the nitty gritty of, 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 of the roster machinations. But I know you, you, you said you had seen him a little bit. Um, they're pitching in Southern California. Um, uh, there's a lot to like about what Mitch White has to offer the Blue Jays now and into the future. Yeah. No, there, there is a lot to, to like. And I think he's a guy that's waiting for his opportunity. Obviously, he was here in, in the Dodgers rotation, kind of in and out, in and out with so many injuries that they've had. And I think he's that guy that's just like, just give me a chance. Just give me a chance to go out there and let me showcase what I got. Because according to to one of my good friends who who's there with the Dodgers, he said, man, this guy can pitch. And there was a time when he was ahead of Walker Bueller in high A. So it just tells you, obviously, you know, high A is high A, but there, the, the, the potential is there. And the, the one thing he said, he's like, he's a great kid. He's a guy that is going to come in and work hard and you guys are going to like everything about him. And once he said that, I was like, okay, you know, this this is hard worker and all that stuff, being a great, great teammate, great kid. That's, that's, that, that goes a long way for me. And if a guy that understands again i feel like guys that come from the los angeles dodgers guys that have seen that team be so successful be part of those winning traditions they come in with a different mentality right i mean they come into a team expecting to help them and expect them expecting to be like okay like i'm here to get this team to what i'm accustomed to seeing over here and what i was accustomed to seeing out here in la and i think mitch white is going to bring that obviously with given the opportunity if he is if he's able to you know, come up and be successful at the big league level. And he's a guy that's going to be what, like 95, 96, you know, he's going to throw from what I have. It's like about 50% fastball slider, 25% sliders, 25% curveball. So again, a decent repertoire and you get around. I mean, we've mentioned his name plenty of times, Pete Walker, and and you get to be in front of his eyes and, and stuff like that. And uh, a fresh, not that he needed a fresh start because his numbers are respectable, Drew, right? I mean, it, it, he's it's small sample size, but his numbers are respectable in the big leagues and the chances that he's gotten. For sure. He, there's, there's a lot to like about him. His spin, you know, he spins his fastball quite a bit. It looks like right this year, his fastball has been a, a valuable pitch for him. Again, a, a guy who, who, who sits average 94, but 
to your point, can kind of can hump it up and get up to 95, 96 as he needs to. Uh, I think the, the comparisons to Ross Stripling are, are understandable and appropriate. But here's the name that I want to compare him to, and that's Noah Syndergaard. So obviously Noah Syndergaard was a name that was really closely connected to the Blue Jays. There were a lot of rumors. You know, the Blue Jays clearly pursued Syndergaard, who eventually went to the Phillies. Uh, they gave up former uh, first overall pick Mickey Moniak, I think is, is his name, and yeah. somebody else in that deal. Moniak made his debut last night. Uh, for the Angels, who got he got the full experience. He's like, I'm pitching. I'm my first game. I get to play behind Shohei Otani, and we lost. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> but if Damn you look Angels. at what's yeah exactly. Damn but if you, you look Angels. at what what Syndergaard has done this year, and what and what Mitch White has done this year, in a lot of ways, they're very 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 similar the strikeout rate the walk rate all, all very similar the results on the field that you know the, the the number of uh of home runs allowed the the exit velocity all that sort of stuff they're they're really similar pitchers in a lot of ways and i think that the blue jays were able to get a guy like white for Maybe not less than what the what the Angels gave up for Syndergaard, but I think again this is one of those things where fan expectations versus the reality of the situation. Where Syndergaard is a name everybody knows, everybody loves Syndergaard. His nickname is Thor. He's gigantic. He's blonde. He was he throws a hundred miles an hour. Except that he doesn't throw hundred miles an hour anymore. He throws ninety four and a half. His average fa- fastball velocity is but within a half a mile an hour of, of Mitch White's he, he's not the guy that he used to be. And, and could he have potentially found an extra two or three miles an hour in the bullpen? I don't think so. That seems like an awful lot to ask. Uh, but this is the kind of move that, that is maybe not popular. Maybe feels like a bit of a dud uh, in, in terms of name value and knowing who you're getting and what you're getting. But it doesn't mean that Mitch White can't step in and do the same job that Syndergaard would have done that much better now and into the future and he gives him yeah. a whole bunch of different options as well uh, if he can step in and be a sixth starter something we've i think we talked about a little bit as well uh to kind of give manoa uh some rest a little bit if needed give give um uh, give kevin gossman chance to kind of like heal up as you know even though he pitched so well against the rays this week uh you know you're they're always still going to be a little bit of concern about his about his ankle until we know for sure that it's 100 percent. so i think there's a lot to like about this mitch white move in particular really looking forward to seeing what he can do when he gets in there uh the blue jays did pay you know pretty a pretty hefty not a hefty price but yeah, Nick uh, Nick Frasso was was a name that was on a lot of kind of Blue Jays fan watchers sort of uh, uh, radar because he was having such success. But I think this is a good move that can that can definitely help the team now, uh, first and foremost, and then help into the future as well. Yeah, no, you're right, and and you mentioned uh, Noah Syndergaard and a guy everyone. Yeah, you're right. Everyone knows him. Everyone's seen him on TV. Everyone's seen the commercials. Everyone's seen everything about him, but. When you're looking at, you know, also health, right? I mean, you don't know what he can come over and his health has always been a question mark as of late. And Mitch White, to me, again, he's a guy that's young, controllable. Obviously, we're into that kind of stuff nowadays. Front offices are into that kind of stuff. And a guy that doesn't have much service time that they're going to be able to control for the next few years. And a guy that, like you said, he can step into that starting role. He can step into that middle relief role. If 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 the Jays need you know six outs nine outs in that in that middle relief role, and a guy that 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 has shown potential again very respectable numbers at the big league level, and a guy that I, I'm I'm really excited if he gets a chance to start, um, 
and and just to see what he can do if they kind of say, hey, here you go. This is this is uh not not that there's a spot right now, but we don't know what we're going to continue to get out of Gusei Kikuchi and how that's going to work out. Obviously, Stripling hitting the uh, the IL kind of hurts them a little bit too. And but this is a spot where he can honestly step in and say, okay, like I'm here and and make his presence be known because I, I'm telling you, man, I think this kid is is. He's he's waiting for this opportunity, and and this might be the window that he needs here. So the Blue Jays made a, a, a quite a few. We talk. Uh, we won't talk too much about Whit Merrifield. I know that uh, that Josh and Caitlin uh, kind of you know really broke down what the Merrifield edition means. The one thing I I keep thinking about, and I'll ask real quick of what you think about, not necessarily about what Merrifield can and can't do for the Blue Jays, but. What do you think about the playing time? Where is his playing time do you, is going to come from? Do you think it might come at the expense of Santiago Espinal and, and Calvin Biggio as well? Tough, man. I, 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 was, I was thinking about that. And, and I know Espinal, I, I think I saw this morning, he hasn't been as good lately. But the dude goes out there and plays hard every time. And, and he plays the shit out of defense. I I think he's earned that second base position. Like it's it's you know it's it's a it's his spot. What what I'm thinking, Drew, is is more is is this more to manage George Springer and his injury? Uh, have Whit Merrifield out in center field. I mean, he's played that position, but not very much. Um, but we've seen the great Raimel Tapia <laughs> come in and do a pretty solid job at the plate mm-hmm. and on defense. Um, yeah, to me, it was a bit of a puzzling move, but again, the, the, they know better. They know, they know what the team needed and they know what they see in Whit Merrifield. And let's face it, Merrifield is a guy that was an all-star a couple years ago and a guy that can bring some, some, some good stuff into that lineup and into that, um, into that team. So I just, yeah, I mean, are you going to bench Espinel and and kind of you know having platoon with him like how is that gonna work um I'm, I'm curious if they're just gonna find a way to just kind of shuffling shuffle him in 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 into the lineup in different positions and just kind of get guys off their feet but he's gonna be I, I don't know is he an everyday guy I don't know I think that he'll end up playing quite a bit my guess this is a guess that he'll that where Merrifield will play quite a bit I think he's definitely going to take some time away from from uh Espinel at second, I think that as you know, Merrifield will get his chances in the outfield. But but as you just said, Ronald Tapia has been better than fine, and his defense is not super, but it's again fine. So I think the ability to then use Espinal to spell Bichette, maybe give Bichette a few more days. Who again, a guy who's been struggling. Um, who you know, we don't know if this. It's a baseball player. He's it's 100 games into the season. His body is hurting in some way, shape, or form. So if they can get Bichette some rest, get him some time away maybe take some pressure off you know espinal can step in and play shortstop uh even once or twice a week uh, i think that that's not a not a bad thing at all so i do think he'll take time away from espinal i think that you know the blue jays have signaled time and time again where and when they think kevin biggio can 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 be a, a good addition or when they can use him and the the problem is they keep bringing in guys that do the same thing as as Biggio so it kind of speaks pretty loudly to where they can see his contributions coming from maybe it's the backup first baseman uh you know again when the matchups line up uh but I think that I think we'll see a lot as soon as his his status as a as a 
as a transnational ball player is sorted out, I think that we'll see quite a bit of Merrifield. Is Merrifield a utility guy? Like, can he play third base? Too? That that I don't know. I, I think he's mostly second base and then a little bit in the outfield. Uh, playing okay. center field at, at, at Coffin Stadium and playing center field at the Rogers Center aren't quite the same. So I don't know that he'll <laughs> necessarily be be so, uh, you know, grayed out so poorly there. But I think they're going to do whatever they can to get him in the, in the in the lineup pretty often. And I think that his his base running, like Kevin Bijou, is not the fastest guy on the team, but he's a really good and really effective base stealer which is something that John Schneider has shown himself to be quite fond of. We saw them. He got caught with his hand in the cookie jar the other day with the, with the patented uh, hit and run combo with, with Matt Chapman, who got uh, the race pitched out and, and threw him out by a, by a couple of uh, easy feet there. So I think that we'll see plenty of Merrifield. I don't know that you, you're going to bring a player like that along to just have him sort of pop in whenever the platoon yeah. lines up. I think that you're going to see him more often than not. Yeah. And, uh, but there will be plenty of opportunity for Santiago Espinal to be, the guy that he's been and to uh to really really do what he does best which is play defense right he's he's just such yeah. an outstanding defender and 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 what that means and and if that means maybe we see a little bit less of the human victory cigar bradley zimmer that i don't know about but uh we'll see <laughs> I, now, let's I, talk I, real quick hmm? well really no, quick no, I, I, I really do wonder what espinal if i'm espinal i don't know how happy i am about that <laughs> you yeah, know i get I, that I, I mean, that. as as a player, as a competitor, as a guy, like shit, I made the All Star team. I've I've proven that I can play at this level. Nobody expected me to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to sit there and wonder, like, how his confidence is right now. You bring in a Whit Merrifield, the guy that, I mean, like again, a couple years ago was a, a dude, you know, a guy mm-hmm. that can hit. And yeah, you have to sit there and wonder, like, am I going to be platooning with this guy? How or how how is this going to work? A lot, a lot, you know, things that a player definitely thinks about you know when you're bringing sure. a guy like that so uh again i mean it'll be interesting um obviously as we know merrifield has to take care of some stuff and and once mm-hmm. i think once that hurdle passes and we know what's going forward then i think we 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 can start really seeing what's going to happen i think that uh if i'm santiago, santiago espinal or i'm someone who's talking to santiago espinal i would say you won this job you stole it you stole it before go do it again yeah. If you want, if you, right. you go, you, you hit like, and, and you earned that job. You didn't, they didn't just hand it to you. You earned it by playing mm-hmm. really well. So if I'm the Blue Jays and, and Santiago Espinal puts himself in a position where they're like, we can't, we can't take him out of the lineup. That's awesome. Oh, we'll find somewhere for, for Whit Merrifield to play or we won't. Who cares? Like yeah. we're, we're trying to win the world series and, and Santiago Espinal, I'm not sure what his salary is this year, but like, when you start lining up that world that World Series bonus share against the the salary, maybe it might have, we have a little bit of a, of an easier conversation. Now the World Series are the Blue Jays going to win the World Series? I don't know. The Blue Jays are in tough in the American League, and I think this is again part of the where some of the, the disappointment of the fans came from, which is the Blue Jays did not do quite as much as some of their competitors in the American League. You know, the Yankees made a couple of big moves. Obviously, they they traded for uh, what's his name. Uh, uh, Frankie Montas and uh, Lou Trevino and then they of course traded for Andrew Benintendi but the Blue Jays are more in direct competition with teams like Seattle, Tampa even Cleveland and the Orioles of all people Number one, Seattle did the most. I think the, the Seattle, Seattle was the most active, made the most significant addition. We've spoken a little bit about Luis Castillo, the uh, new 
effective ace of the Mariners staff who went out and pitched very, very well in New York yesterday. Uh, they paid a very significant price to get him. They also signed Matt Boyd, former Blue Jay, part of the 2015 trade deadline, going the other way to Detroit for David Price, uh, Kirk Casale, uh, Jake Lamb, who is uh, an interesting piece coming over from the Dodgers after the Dodgers player development machine helped him to kind of add some, retain some value. Uh, that, that's pretty big. Those are some big additions. They didn't take anything that Mariners away from their everyday lineup, really. Uh, but they did trade two of their very best prospects, including Noel V. Marte, who was a not, no joke prospect. Uh, my very scouting, my, drew the scout. I was, when I was in Vancouver, Noel V. Marte was on the other side for the Aqua Sox and he stands out like a sore thumb. He is enormous and plays the hell out of shortstop. Even though he had a quiet day, you're just like, oh yeah, that's a guy. He's a guy right there. Like I'm watching him being like, he's going to be in the big leagues. Like everything about him stand stood out. But even, again, even though he had a bit of a quiet day at the plate. It, so it's, it's, it's kind of a shame though. Like you see a deal like this made and then you're like, man, he's going to Cincinnati. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good enough for Barry Larkin. It's good enough for Noel Vimarte. <laughs> no, I get that. But, you know, we've seen as Cincinnati not be a team that goes out there and spends money. And mm-hmm. and, and they're not a, power, a, a powerhouse every year in and year out. But, um, but yeah. For me, for me, one thing I'll say to that is when I see a guy traded, and, and I, we talked about a lot. We talked, I talked about this on the radio with Blake um, earlier, and I'd love to know what you think about it comes back to the thing with the Padres, right? The Padres going crazy and spending so much in terms of money and prospects and just making huge moves, even though they're not a big market team, right? They're the 27th biggest media market, I guess, in, in the, in the country, uh, or in the league. Uh, but the, but the, the ability for the Padres to identify and then develop talent makes them eligible to do this. They can develop players and have them improve, helping the player because the player does the improving, help them and put them in a position where they can become better and they can become very viable big leaguers to the point where other teams are like, we want that guy in our mix. And if you're, and when you're the Washington Nationals, you don't care how much of a bonus those guys got. You just know that like we've scouted him. He can play. He can play. Mackenzie Gore can play. You know, CJ Abrams, he can play. And that's the ultimate. You know, complement to the way that an organization is run when they can just develop so many good players that other teams want them in their mix. And my, when I th- think about a guy like Marte going to Cincinnati, it's like, is he going to get better? Is Cincinnati going to help him get better? I'm not even, I'm, I mean, maybe, but you hope so. But also Seattle doesn't have the best track record either. But, but it's just such a, I feel like it's, it's, it's the, the Padres are, are the, and they're another version of the Rays in that way where it's like, this is what you can do when you run a good organization. You can take guys, yeah. you can figure them out that they're good, and then you can help them make your big league team better because you want to win the World Series. And the Padres yeah. do that better than almost anybody else. And same with the Dodgers. When the Blue Jays make a deal with when you get Mitch White, if, the, if you gave me the exact same guy with the exact same numbers and the exact same stuff from another organization, I would be less excited than I am about Mitch White because the Dodgers know what they're doing. They do it every single year, time and time again, they're just so good at it that yeah, they could, they have the money to pay Mookie Betts thirty five million dollars a year, but they can do that because they've got so many good players around him that they've brought up and improved and helped to become the best version of themselves. And yeah. it's, to me, it's exciting. It's an exciting place in the game when the team like San Diego can do that. And that's unfortunate that Cincinnati, of course, don't spend, but also don't have the same sort of organizational infrastructure to support being a competitive team in the same way. 
No, yeah, you're right, 100%. And it just tells you how important it is to have a great farm system, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to times like this where the trade deadline comes and you start looking. Like, this is the only time you'll ever hear about prospects and how high they rank and this and that. And and mm -hmm. it, it, it's important, man. And, and it, people don't realize that that having a strong farm system goes a long way, especially when you're trying to get the, the big name guys in a, in a trade deadline. And, and again, yeah, we saw the Padres, what they gave up in order to land a Juan Soto and you're landing a, a beyond superstar in this game, but mm -hmm. they also paid the price. And, 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 and I think it, that's why, like when you, when you see sometimes like, you know, a couple years ago or, or a few years ago, when 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 the Blue Jays made all those trades for those guys and they didn't win the World Series, it left it left the farm system hurting big time. And mm -hmm. obviously, it takes a long time or it takes a while to kind of get back on track. And it seems like they've gotten back on track now. And and again, it, it's going to take uh, maybe another couple seasons where they continue to develop guys, continue to get them ready at the big league level, and or getting getting them ready to to get to the big leagues and. And when you have a strong farm system like that, you're able to make moves like that. And that's why we saw these teams go go out there and make these moves with like the Luis Castillos and the the Juan Sotos and 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 the big name guys like that. And that's in a, in a way that's also what the Blue Jays have done. I think we don't want to sell the Blue Jays short and make it seem like they're one of these sort of have not teams because they are in a position to win the World Series or be a World Series contender because of. Guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., guys like Bobuchet, guys like Danny Jansen, guys like Alejandro Kirk, who they either signed or drafted and developed and made them, helped them. I, 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 I'm always reluctant to take the credit away from the players because the players get better. The team doesn't wave a magic wand and they, and they make them better, but like they've got all that, that homegrown position player talent. Then they were also able to acquire uh, Jose Barrios and Matt Chapman through their their development and having players that other teams believe in um yeah. and 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 also guys like Teoscar Hernandez who who came from a team with a great track record for for player development but he became he's one of the top 10 outfielders in baseball if you look at his numbers over the last 3 years like you can't argue it yeah. and he did, would he have done that in in Houston I don't know would he was it just a matter of opportunity or is it opportunity and coaching and his own drive to to improve and become the best guy that he can be so they're in a good position the blue jays but I look at a team like Seattle and who, who, who have Mariners fans have been waiting for this because the Mariners haven't done, they signed Robbie Ray, but they haven't had that same sort of buildup and the same sort of track record. They've got Julio Rodriguez now, but they didn't have a Vlad. They didn't have a bow in position quite in quite the same way. Guys who were significant and impact players and difference makers at, at the big league level. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. What uh, I guess I'll come back to Seattle and, and what do you think? Do you think this is a team that's really going to continue to bother and, and stick right close to the Blue Jays throughout the rest of the season? Oh, yeah, I think so. Mm. They're a fun, exciting team, man. I mean... You, you you see like the, the the J-Rod show and all that stuff, like how much excitement it's brought to that team. Obviously they have a you know JP Crawford at shortstop who's very energetic. Mm-hmm. Um and it just seems like they've built the team and and they added the pieces. It, it, when when you add a piece like that, like Luis Castillo, the team looks at you and says, Wow, like let's go now. Like we're we're in it. We're in the middle of it and we saw Seattle too last year not make the playoffs and they were so close and we saw the emotional part of you know Kyle Seeger when he when it was his last game and how emotional the guys were around him and all that stuff so yes I, I definitely see Seattle being on the heels of the Blue Jays from here on out and we saw earlier this season what Seattle did to them in, in Seattle so mm-hmm. they're, they're definitely a dangerous team obviously you know J Rod has to be in that lineup. They, they he can't. He's he's exciting, but um, obviously when when you have one of your top hitters go out and and get hit in the wrist like that, it's always scary. Mm. But um, but yeah, I, I see them being there till the end. Man, I, I I'm looking for like I wish we can just cruise through August and September already and get to October because <laughs> I want to see what this is gonna look like. And now that the yeah. wild card, the wild card is not just one game it's it's the best out of three dude that's mm-hmm. gonna be so that's gonna be sick and and i'm excited for it because there is there is a lot of teams obviously that extra team adds a different flavor uh to the playoffs and and teams teams are that that made the moves that they made their teams better it's it's exciting because again they believe in their team and they believe in the talent that they have in front of them a team that did the opposite baltimore orioles a bit of a puzzling move only a game and a half back in the wild card uh, over 500 for the first time, basically in 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 five years or so. They've lost 100 games three of the last four years. Of course, with the COVID year kind of mixed in there, uh, they traded away the heart of the team, Trey Mancini, and traded away <laughs> their closer. Uh, that was crazy, uh, Jorge Lopez. That's that's crazy. So while while everybody in Seattle is like, all right, let's go. Like looking around, we got we got a stud in here. We just watched him shove at Yankee Stadium. Like we can do this. What what's the mood going to be like in the Orioles dressing room right now or clubhouse? Excuse me. Yeah, but I get that they traded uh, Lopez. Lopez, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. and but then you look at his career numbers and you're like, did they kind of just sell high on him now? You know, because mm-hmm. you just never know what kind of is he gonna like. Is this the highest his ceiling is gonna ever be? So let's just might as well try and and get as much as we can for him. And I get it. They're in the middle of the playoff race, and you you don't want to send a bad signal to your 
to your fans. But then I look at Trey Mancini and I'm like, well, what if they, they don't make the playoffs? At least they gave this guy a chance to get to the playoffs, go to a contending team, have a chance at winning a World Series with the Houston Astros. Um, it's interesting, man. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles are a fun young team. And I've been saying that since I saw them back when they came to Toronto and I saw that bullpen just blow everyone out. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just... They're riding a hot streak, but <laughs> I think just like me, I I think everyone's kind of waiting. When when is this gonna end? When are they gonna come back to earth? And it just seems like they just keep on winning, keep on winning, keep on winning. But they're a young, exciting team. Again, you got an Austin Hayes, you got a Ryan Mountcastle who kills the Blue Jays. Kills the Blue Jays. <laughs> you got Atlee Rutschman who's come up and done a solid job. So I think right now they're just riding that hot streak and just, hey, our our starters get five, six six innings out of you guys and then we bring in our dominant bullpen and then that there's that the thing with the orioles i was wondering about is is, is that rotation like is it gonna is it enough to hold up even for the rest exactly. of the year and with rutschman it's it's really interesting he has played quite well of late you got to say that of all the under 24 catchers in the american league east he's at least in the top two uh of catchers in the blue in the American League East. Uh, the other thing, the other one is the Rays. Of course, the Rays do raise things. The Rays, yeah. the Rays are not caught up in our simplistic paradigm of buyers and sellers of getting worse <laughs> or getting better. The Rays do raise stuff. The, there's no greater example of this to me than Jose Siri, who the Rays acquired from Houston. Uh, a guy known to be a great outfielder, Blue Jays fans got to see it up close and personal as he made an insane catch that I think I saw Mike Petriello say we had up a 5% catch, you know, uh, basis in terms of how long it was up in the air and how long he had to run. It's, it's not just that they do that, right? The Rays do that. The Rays do race things. Kevin Kiermeyer's hurt a lot. They need somebody else who can do that, do a similar job. It's that they bring a guy like Jose Syrian who's having just an abysmal offensive of season and they put him in the middle of their lineup, they hit him sixth the one day, then they hit him fifth, they hit him third in the in the matinee, like just just flaunting, just screw everybody is like the Rays attitude, like yeah he can't hit 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 we're gonna hit him third. What are you gonna do? And guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna get hits. He's gonna steal bases. He's gonna piss you off if yeah. your team is playing the Tampa it's, Bay Rays. <laughs> and I, I don't know what else there is to say about them. It's Whatever they do, I'm at this point where I'm like, well, that probably makes sense. That guy's probably going to be a Blue Jays killer at some point or another. <laughs> it's a very race thing to do. You're right. Jose Siri just coming out of nowhere, gets traded. You, they, they, they slot him into the middle of that lineup. He's their starting center fielder. And I, I feel like that's what the Rays have always done. Here you go. Here's your opportunity to Go and show us what you got, kid. That's it. Mm -hmm. And and again, I to me, we've said this before, Drew. Never count out the race. Just never. I I just whether they're a game behind the the wild card or they're a game ahead, just never count them out because <laughs> they always find a way. And and come October, they just turn into a different team. They always do. It's like they're unknown. Jose Siri, for all we know, can be the the playoff hero for them, right? I mean, it's just mm. you just never know. You never they always have an unsung type of hero. And to me, I just I, I don't fuck with the Rays, man. I I hey, you respect everything they do and you just say, okay, like they there's a reason why they did the moves that they made because they just they're always there. They're always they they know how to win. They they're scrappy and and that's just the Rays way. And it's been since it's been like that since I broke into the league. So yeah, I'm I'm not counting them out.
they got some real good players. I, I, I was eyeing up Brandon Lau yesterday. Brandon Lau signed a, you know, very, uh, you know, one of those like pre-arbitration or early, or early arbitration contract extensions. He's got, I think, four years left and then, or, or no, less than that, two years and then two option years. So to me, in my, my brain, it's like, that's the kind of guy that the Rays are going to look to trade because that's what they do, right? He's at his value is high at the end of this season. I really like Brandon Lau, man. I would love to see him play. Yeah. In, in Toronto, he's got a yeah. lot of things that they need. So if they do do that, I would uh, find the Blue Jays. I'm absolutely listening to what they have to say. Yeah. So we talked about well, how this this trade deadline would be received in Baltimore. What do you think? The, this is sort of the last thing. We'll kind of end on this. And and, and I know I don't know if you saw. I, I could, I'll pull it up after. Shai Davidi wrote. What do you think the mood is in the Blue Jays clubhouse now? Trade deadline's over. They made some moves. They didn't trade for the for the big name. They didn't they didn't pull the trigger for even like a Rodon or or, or some of those guys in Detroit that I know that you know folks were had their eye. They didn't to Teoscar Hernandez's dismay trade for Shohei Otani. What do you <laughs> think the team thinks about right now uh, going into the stretch run with the with the group that they've got? Well, I think some guys probably are like. Okay, I didn't get traded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, and the rest of the team. Um, I I think the mood is the way it's been. Let's go out and win. I, I really do. I, I I don't think that anybody was probably disappointed or anything like that. Um, uh, I spoke to somebody in there, and I was like, "How's the mood?" They're like, "We're great, great. Let, let, mm-hmm. We're we're ready to roll. Like this is this is it. This is the time to to get it going. This is the time to put on the big boy pants on and let's go out and 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 beat some ass, you know. And 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 it, and it, that's the way it should be. Again. Some of the moves that the Jays made were made in the offseason. You know, we they brought in Matt Chapman. Um, you know, they 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 brought in Kevin Gosman and uh and and guys like that. So hey, the, the team is set again, top to bottom. That lineup's still dangerous, Drew. The, mm-hmm. it, it's great. Again, we want to see pitching. Yes, pitching's gonna win you ball games, but they still they they got some legit starters, they got some guys that can get deep into games. Uh they th- three guys right now, and obviously Ross Stripling has been solid. Um, and, and the bullpen, we have to wait and see, cause what if, what if Anthony Bass comes in and, 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 and does the job that we expect him to do? And, and so does pop, you know, what, what if he comes in and I want to call him soda for some weird reason, <laughs> oh, um, man. but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, he's pitching for his hometown team. There's going to be mm-hmm. a different adrenaline rush. Uh, mm-hmm. all that stuff, man. I, I I'm excited for it, and and I think that team is excited for it too. And 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 this is this is it. This is hey, let's go. Let, let, no no excuses now. We we got the team, and whether we agree with it or not, they, again the the name of the the name of the game is getting out. And if they're able to do that, they're going to be just fine. Yeah, Shai's piece got some really good quotes. You know, Bo Bichette said, we're confident yeah. in our group right now. Anybody who can come and help here is a plus. And again, I think that goes back to the point that you kind of joked about, but like nobody on the, nobody got traded out of the clubhouse, right? There wasn't anybody, you, you, obviously there'll, there'll be some roster moves to, to kind of make space, but but the group is the group and, and the core of the team is intact and they didn't trade, you know, a guy like Danny Jansen or Alejandro Kirk, players who maybe were, were had some rumors around them. Uh and and uh, and the same thing. You've got uh, some really good some really good lines. They just uh, you know 
even if we didn't make any moves, we'd still feel pretty confident. That was from Kevin Gossman in, in, in Shai's piece. And, and I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. said it best. This is our group. This is our clubhouse. These are our guys, and we're going to the end. Right? And, and they know they're a good team. Uh, I saw yeah. Fangraphs projected them to win the sixth most games over the remainder of the season, win more games than the Yankees and, and some of the other teams in behind them. And I don't think there's any reason to doubt that. I think that the moves that we made, the moves that the Blue Jays made, the, the, the additions that they made are, they're not sexy. And I understand that it might feel disappointing. But you're and and they're they're not the kind of guys you're you're not going to get like that David Price moment right where David Price comes yeah. in makes his start places it, full everyone's losing their mind but you're going to wake up at, at the in September like 25th and you're going to look and you'll be like Anthony Bass has had like 15 really good appearances for the Blue Jays yeah. Zach Pop has done a really important job and and Mitch White my maybe only made three starts but he put the team in a position to win every time and and that's really what it's going to be all about when that when the season uh, is, is wrapping up. Yeah, it's definitely not lack of trying, that's for sure. And I know the front mm-hmm. office did the best they could. And sometimes things don't work out. Some t- some deals probably fall through. Uh, mm-hmm. Other deals probably just were never on the table. And you just never know. Again, mm-hmm. we can sit here and play GM all we want. But at the end of the day, it's what those guys go out and do on a nightly basis that's going to determine how far they go. And if they do what they got to do, they're going to be just fine. I'm telling you, this team is is talented. This team is special. We've said it from day one. Um, we've seen the highs. We've seen the lows. And when they've been at their, their highest uh, highest peak, this team is dangerous. And it's a team that nobody wants to see, that's for sure. Absolutely not. Absolutely. They're, they have a lot of important games coming up this week as the Blue Jays go off uh, to Minnesota, I believe. And then they've got uh, another uh who is it i forgot they've got another wild card competitor coming up they got here. they got minnesota minnesota baltimore cleveland oh, right, baltimore, baltimore yeah. yankees yeah it's 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 a it's a tough little schedule and it's going to be a good test and and i like mm-hmm. it this is this is where again this is where it starts getting good and i feel like their playoff starts now it starts now and and winning ball games and and proving that they can hang with these guys because Minnesota is one of the top teams in the in the in the if if not the top team in the AL Central so you got to come up and and you got to go out there and 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 beat them beat them as much as you can <laughs> yeah another team that made a bunch of additions but uh but a team that the Blue Jays definitely got to go in and, and with that attitude got to keep them at bay four games in Minnesota three in Baltimore before home to Cleveland and Baltimore again uh, at the end of the month, looking ahead to like a couple of softer spots, right? The Angels and the Cubs at the end of the month too. I've already been doing some counting. Oh, and Pirates as well. Oh, that's a yeah, that's a fun little stretch. Uh, I've been doing some some Shohei Otani math, looking ahead, being like one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, seeing if uh, if, if Otani's going to start in Toronto. But it's an exciting time. Blue Jays are good. They're ready to go. They are they are loaded up both barrels and ready to go here throughout the rest of the season, which is only. 50 some odd games to go which seems crazy we've been doing this here just for not even half a season but it's, it feels like old hat me and you ricky romero so his name is ricky my name is drew this is spin rate and we'll be back next week with more on we have left
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.